Hey, we're back for another episode of Lit Happens. We are continuing in our series on Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone. Today, you'll be listening to us discuss Chapter 1, The Boy Who Lived, and dissect how the Dursleys ain't it. Thank you so much for the love and support that we've received. Just want to say, continue to support. If you have a Harry Potter friend or a muggle who really loves Harry Potter, please feel free to share the link for them to join in on the fun or even just fall in love with Harry Potter all over again. Enjoy. So welcome back and thanks for joining us again as LOL Lit takes on Harry Potter. I am Shalita, a proud Slytherin, and I want to go ahead and start with a brief introduction to those on this recording today. I'm Latoya Ravenclaw. I'm Gina. Hey, and I'm Shay. And I'm Tanya. All right, so every once in a while, we are going to do a segment where it is totally related to Harry Potter, but not necessarily in the book. So with that being said, here is our first segment and cheers. 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 (laughs) So during our time together, we love to have a good drink. So naturally this segment is going to be called Elixirs Mixers. So today we are drinking a drink that is introduced in Harry Potter and we all love and cherish, cherish and that is so damn good. Um, Since Shay, Tanya, and myself have experienced the real deal at Universal Studios, Toya and Regina have never tasted butterbeer. So before I get into that, you guys, does it taste okay? It tastes wonderful. It tastes good. (laughs) So it tastes just like Universal Studios. You did a great job. While we are discussing chapter one today, we will be sipping on Harry Potter butterbeer. Although Butterbeer is not formally introduced until the third book, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, we thought it would be fun to have a little sip of it as we get into the first book. So again, today we'll be drinking the cold version of Butterbeer. It is a frothy, buttery drink drunk by witches and wizards. It is made with butterscotch snaps, whipped cream, flavored, vodka, and cream soda, and marshmallow fluff. Wait a minute, you said the cold version is the hot version? Yes. Yeah, girl. Uh-oh. Yes. At Universal mm-hmm. Studios? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And that's what you mix the alcohol with. Yeah. That's what the man told us. Yeah. At Universal Studios. Go over there and ask for the hot version, mm-hmm. and then get you a shot of that uh, fireball or mm-hmm. something like that and pour in there. Mm-hmm. It's good. It was delicious. At the Leaky College. <laughs> 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 yeah, the man told us that. All right, so while we are sipping, does anybody want to reference what they're wearing in regards to Harry Potter today? If not, I'll go first. Okay. I am wearing some owl earrings in symbolic nature for our owls in book one. Mm-hmm. And then of course I have my favorite character, Sirius. And he's only briefly mentioned, like real yeah. brief, like you'll you'll miss it if you don't if really you look don't for it. Like, but mm-hmm. We'll get more about him in uh, the third book. So, 
that's what I have on got going today. All right, I have on um I'm telling you, I have on my Hogwarts shirt. So it has um the Hogwarts symbol, so all of the um all the houses are represented in the center, but I have on my Hufflepuff cardigan to show what house I've been sorted into. Cute. Oh, cute. Well, okay, I'm Shay, and I am wearing a Daily Profit dress. Um, actually, it was a gift from Shalita for my birthday. Have some pictures of Harry Potter on there. I also have my Gryffindor scarf on today. This is one of my favorite items because um, it just reminds me of characters walking out to Hogsmeade in the cold. So, And it's cold in Cleveland today. So, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. All right, so. Hey, don't forget about me. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I have on. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and Annie bracelets oh, for Harry and Ron in their sweaters. So I have those two. Oh, that's nice, Gina. Yeah. I forgot okay. about those. And I'm Latoya. I have on my Alex and Annie bracelet. It says, "Happiness can be found even in the darkness oh, of geez. time." Uh, I'm not even gonna. Try. I'm not. And even. I got that from Shea Price. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Move into chapter one, um, the boy who lived, and the moment we've been waiting for. Chapter one, the boy who lived. As we begin this journey into Harry Potter fandom, let's get into chapter one. Um, for those of you who are listening, we are going to share some questions, some comments, some thoughts, and really just try to bring it home to make you if you are not a Harry Potter fan. And then for those of you who are Harry Potter fans, please, again, give me something to think about or to discuss. So the first thing we want to go over is, what is a muggle? A muggle is a person who lacks any sort of magical ability and also a person who was not born into a magical family. So a human being? <laughs> a human in our world. In our world. A human. All right, so how does your own family not like you due to you being different? And we're we're talking about just embarrassed by the mere thought of you. And for those of you out there. This is in regards to Harry and essentially his aunt and uncle taking him in, but not loving or liking anything Harry's parents stood for. I think it's hard um, for sometimes for people to just accept differences, that people do have differences. And um, whereas Harry aunt took him in to raise him because his parents weren't there. They never thought to once accept that what his parents stood for, to even 
um, give him a background knowledge of that to, you know, try to instill some of that in him. They never tried to do that. It was, we're going to make you who we are. And I think that happens in real life a lot of times, you know. Um, we see it often when, you know, people show up in families when they either want to date outside of the race or, you know, someone have a different sexuality, you know, something, a different sexual preference that's not usual in the family. People tend to, you know, turn their backs on you and disown you, the mere thought of you. I mean, I think we are readers. We read everything. I think we've read a thousand books where, you know, people left home because they they were gay and their families didn't want them, didn't want anything to do with them. And not just in books, but we see that in real life. You know, we read about that when um, I'm not like you, it, you know, you disown me from the family. And so that part of Harry Potter is real. Um, you know, their treatment of him. Um, we can see that, you know, his name is Harry, but I mean, we've seen that in Tom and Dick too, you know, because I like a black girl or because I like a white boy or whatever, or because I like women, you don't want anything to do with me. And so I think that's what was going on with Harry that we see in chapter one in The Boy Who Lived. He's definitely mistreated. I mean, for God's sakes, he slept under the stairs. <laughs> so they definitely mistreated him. That's what family did to him, and families do do that. I can't say that I had I have had that on personal experience, but I know people who who have. I think not, and I'm, let me just clarify too: not just when you when you are different from like your sexual preferences or your dating who you date, but also even when you know when you become an alcoholic or if you're on drugs, you know things like that. People turn their families away when people get addictions even. I don't want anything to do with you. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Well, I think it's, it's kind of telling and setting up the story about Harry and just how he comes into the world and he's placed with a family that really just can't stand him and deal with him based off of what his parents were and what they stood for so to me they really never gave harry a chance mm -hmm. to just get to know him personality wise and just let him grow amongst telling him his history because they kept right. that from him but let him grow as a person and just get to know him so i think it's very telling in regards to setting up the trajectory of harry and how he looks at things so what about kids who get placed into foster families in real life mm -hmm. when kids go to foster families I mean, we've, we've read that. We see that in the right. news often where, you know, my foster family pretends to want what's best for me, but they're starving me to death. Right. <laughs> they're beating me. Right. You know, their older sibling or their biological children are abusing me mm -hmm. mentally, physically, sexually. Right. You know, that that's real. Yeah, that is. Or, that, you, or you have the foster parents that are physically abusing them mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. In that situation too, the foster family is at least getting compensated. You have here, poor Harry, he was just dropped on the doorstep mm -hmm. to be found with the morning paper. Yeah. And that's where a lot of our beliefs come from too though. Like the way you were raised, because a lot of families don't know how to let you be or grow into the person that you are meant to be. Mm -hmm. They kind of mold you into what they were taught or what they believed and then you get kind of stuck in that mold and it's not most people some people 
don't venture out into their adults or they leave home to kind of figure out what life is or what life means to them because someone is molding you. Right Not necessarily that. to accept life, but to like believe in the same things that they that believe they in. Those are two different things, like to be free and so forth. And you see that a lot when families just believe. You know, we've joked about even when the child is born, you know, to be left-handed and you're wrong. Get that, get that spoon out there, left hand. You know, like, wait a minute, you know, like what can he be left-handed? No. You know, what the problem being left-handed? You know, and I'm a victim of that, so I know, you know, that's why my brain worked one way and I write another way, because that is real. Like it was you were saw to be something wrong with you if you were left-handed. And that was just a family belief that nobody else and people in the world didn't all believe that. That's just something that a family, you know, and then they tried to be impressed upon me to my child. Like she can put whatever spoon hand she want to put it in, let her put it in. I'm not going to do to her what was done to me. But that that's what Regina's saying. You know, like in this family, you've got to be right handed because that's the right way. You know, it's like, no, well, <laughs> no. With the same thing with. Growing up, oh, you gonna be a Democrat? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. because that's the way we. Well, why can't I be a Republican? Mm -hmm. Yeah, same concept. Mm -hmm. I do want to go down to where. Why would Dumbledore want Harry to live with the Dursleys? Okay, what would be his logic behind that? Knowing. To me, I felt he knew how they felt, but why would he place them there in the interim, in the meanwhile? Well, I think there's an answer to that in the book. I don't, we can't, I sh we shouldn't say that to give it away, but there is an answer to that. But I think him, without giving the answer away, I think he felt that that would be the best place for him. I mean, did he really foresee that? And aunt and uncle would mistreat this child that way. You know, I don't, I don't know if he knew that they were to take it to the extreme that they did. You know, he probably thought like, oh, they may see him as different from them. But I don't think he thought they would starve him or put him underneath the steps. I don't think he thought that. Well, everything happens for a reason. It does. Right. And I, I thought I haven't read all of the book yet, so I don't know if I came across the answer, but I thought that he put him there maybe to keep him safe. He mm -hmm. thought he was keeping him out the way from yeah. the wizard life. So um, he thought that, you know, that was the reason. Right. Again, not thinking that they would mistreat him, but just thinking that he would be safe because they are technically muggles and he can be away from that world and learn and grow in another way first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two, they were his next of kin. I yeah. mean, you know, by law, that's probably where he would have. In the muggle world, right? That's, that's where, where he would have to go. go. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Professor McGonnell has been looking out for Harry since day one. Um, how do you think this foreshadows the story? And for those of you who haven't read the book, she is a cat sitting on the corner, <laughs> just watching and waiting, watching and waiting, watching and waiting. Mm -hmm. And just to piggyback on that, what you just asked before, you know, when Dumbledore show, show up, she say, Lord, you can't leave him with these <laughs> god awful people. You know, she, she, she like, you can't leave him here. You know, I've been watching him all day. You know, you can't leave him with them. You know, 
So she, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did say that. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching these folks all day. <laughs> this, I don't know if this is the right. best idea, right? <laughs> they mistreating each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then that goes to, has a family member ever stepped in on your behalf and you didn't even know about it? Maybe she's even a family member because she wasn't his family per se. But I think there's people who look who look out for us. Who there's always this will always say there's always somebody praying for us that we may not know about. You know, mm -hmm. and I think those are the prayers that really reach God's ears. You know, because it's not like I called you and say, "Hey, will you pray for me today?" But some I crossed your mind and you're praying for me, um, and that's I think that's that's really good. And I think there's aunts and uncles behind the scenes who may have helped parents out with stuff they didn't know or whether it was financially. Yeah. I, I, grandmother. I, grandmother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was about to say the same thing. My grandmother and my mother, like, I, you know. My grandmother stepped in plenty of times. Right. I didn't, I didn't want have to food and comment about the question you had said earlier because I feel like it relates so much to, like, me being different in my family. So... And, and the, the older I get, the more I realize how life just, you know, transforms. But my, it's hard. My mom's side of the family, it was, she had seven siblings. Only one sister, though, and the rest were boys. And then on my dad's family, it was like the whole opposite. But she was the only one married. So we had like a different family and different functions, like my brother and I, to go to. So we had my father's family who helped mold us. But my other cousins didn't have a, a, yeah. another family. So I felt like we were mistreated a little bit. I'm not for sure if mistreated is the right word, but I felt like they felt like they had to look out for my cousins more because it was just my aunt. Say that. And then Talk about that. My yeah. mother and father, they well, you have both of your, your mm -hmm. um, parents in the household, so you don't have to have the same covering as everyone else. So I felt like we were treated different and we were kind of, I won't say ostracized because that's because they I know that they loved us. It just was it felt different. And um, so I think my grandmother had to say, like, no, you have to treat them the same way. You have to do the same things for them that you're doing for your other nieces and nephews because they don't know their children. They don't know that you're doing that because their father may not be in the picture or it might be different circumstances over there. So I felt like we were like kind of mistreated when we were growing up, but not in a evil way mm -hmm. just a different way i think what you say best about being kids and not knowing the difference because you think about the stuff they do for dursley for his birthday mm -hmm. for dudley for his birthday mm -hmm. but not for harry and you say that what you say that regina i can still remember that my cousin and i were back to go back to school we were going back to college at alabama state it was both of us and my uncles pulled out money and gave her money but they didn't give it to me and we were standing there and it like hurt me so bad you know and i'm like i don't understand that but later there was a big blow up between my cousin and I, and I referenced things like that. Like you always treat me different from her, but my aunt actually explained, she said that exact same thing. It was like, well, Shay, you have your mom and dad and people feel like they should look out for her because it's just her mother. But never, how do you think that make a child feel though? Because all I saw was my uncle gave her money and he didn't give me any money. I ain't thinking about my mama and daddy being together. All I'm thinking about is the both of us standing right here and you right. opened your wallet and you gave her some money and you didn't give me any. Mm -hmm. 
We the same age. You know, we going back to school together. We yep. going back to the same college. I need money too. But that's exactly it. And you think about that. What here here come here come Dudley birthday and it's a whole circus. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And ain't right. nobody even told me happy birthday right. for this baby. Right. You know, so yeah, that is that is real. That is true. Yeah. Okay. It seemed like the Dursleys went out of their way to make Harry feel unwelcome though. Um it was just hard for me to believe that they didn't realize what they were doing. It, and I don't know if that was J.K. Rollins, if that was just her way of just, just putting it out there just to show what a difference it was or how bad he had it coming up. But, yeah, you just don't know people like that. No. That is real. Yeah. You, you just don't <laughs> it's know. real to show you that, that they do that. Yeah. That families do that. I how felt she like could they, do her, 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 her sister, her dead sister at that, how she could do her dead sister's only child like that was just kind of beyond. Well, what she doesn't see, and this kind of makes me feel like I'm a Hufflepuff sometimes, so I feel like I'm, I mean, not necessarily, I won't use the word naive, but <laughs> naive because I felt like maybe they knew the potential of Harry and they were scared of it. And so that was their way of handling it not necessarily it was right but it was just their way of handling what his you know his potential could be and just like when he was uh where's there the aquarium i don't know where it was mm-hmm. when he released the snakes mm-hmm. he probably did that in some other form they it's just not mentioned or not that i remember in a book but they were just afraid of of harry and just didn't know like what to do and then like like their 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 own son he was just once again, I, I see I may be making excuses for them, but he was just so clumsy and not and and not bright that they had to do those things for him to, to make help, him feel like he was more right to make him feel like he was more because he wasn't and not necessarily. I don't know if they was really putting Harry down more so than trying to make their son. Mm-hmm. Their son Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. Hector had made mention to Harry too. Harry may not have. I don't think he realized at first, but he was like, "You got to know that you're different." You know, tell me about the times that you were afraid, mm-hmm. or you know, or or angry. You, what things yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, he had to really think about it. But like Regina said, that may be like foretold. We don't see mm-hmm. it. It's just a, we we infer those things, or because the way they respond to what happened at the zoo. Mm-hmm. It make it seem like something like this have happened before. Yeah, we just don't know that. So, like right. you're saying, they knew, but they knew he were different. They knew mm-hmm. she knew what her sister was. You know, those people, as they mm-hmm. say. So, um, yeah, I just think that um, when we when you think about relationships with your family and your friends, it's hard for us to accept that somebody would do that to her. But she, she felt like her sister finally got what she deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can go yeah. and got yourself blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what she's saying? You, you <laughs> didn't finally, you got what you deserved. You know, you went on and joined the, the circus. You mm-hmm. left home. Right. And joined these people. So, mm-hmm. you know, but no matter what, you should still love your sister. And I think that's what Dumbledore was hoping for. You know, like at the end that there's no way. They that they would do that. Yeah. Miss jealousy is something else. It is. That, that's the word I wrote over and over about jealousy. that. Jealousy. Family mm-hmm. secrets. You know, those. I think because she. 
Well, maybe. Is that coming up? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she wanted to be her sister. Maybe mm. she wanted those same powers for her sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, without telling them, we see that later. Yeah. You know, when they do some flashback, mm-hmm. we see later, you know. And she can play with the little boy next door. They got stuff in common. And I'm over here looking crazy. Maybe she wanted that too. Okay, so this could be a two-part. Um, why do you think people are so afraid to say Voldemort's name? <laughs> and then why do you think Harry couldn't be killed? And yeah, we are trying to keep it all in chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> How can you say it without Uh-oh. saying it? <laughs> Voldemort was so evil, I think. And to not say his name what I think make him not be in the present you want you don't want to say it mm-hmm. we don't want to, to be- keep him away you don't want to believe that it's real like the evil is real so i think that's why we they don't say his name and and for me why harry can't be killed um i feel like he had he's gonna save somebody i just don't know who that is yet like <laughs> we got that far i feel like he's like the I don't know whether he's he's brought to save Hogwarts or like save the Weasleys. I, I'm not for sure. Like I'm curious. Oh, I forgot that question was for the Weasleys. <laughs> oh, okay. no, no, it's, it's, I mean, Harry had a clone. Yeah, I think too. Uh, he could, his his mom died trying to save him, so I think this kind of just says that love conquers him. Love over evil. And I think I think too, we know, like those of us who've looked at this, we know JK Rowling had a lot of references to other things. And as far as you know, we know the Bible says, you know, the tongue is powerful, words are powerful, you know, speaking those words. She has mm-hmm. a lot, so don't say his name, don't give him more power mm-hmm. than he already exudes over people. At the mere mention of him, you know, causes problems. And so I think you know, she had a lot of biblical references, and I think that's kind of one of them, you know, that, that, that there's power in words. Mm-hmm. So let's not even call on him. Let's not give him more more power than he already have over us. You know, people shimmer at the mere thought. But kudos to Harry, though, who said, what? Who? Dude, this dude killed my man. I ain't stunned you, right? <laughs> Everybody from day one, you know, like even Hagrid, like, what? You're supposed to say his name, like, for what? Why? You know, <laughs> Harry never gave two, two Fs about saying that name. Never did. So I think that showed courage right away from him, for him. Before he, right away. He like, I ain't scared of this dude. It either show courage or naivete. Which one? One of the two. But he wasn't scared no, to say it. So... Last one, what would you think the theme of this chapter would be? The boy who leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So it is about survival. I mean, we see a family that's mistreating him. Mm-hmm. We see him going like through all survival. these things, survival, mm-hmm. you know, just making it. I like that. So with that, 
continue to join us as some of us reread Harry Potter for the 50th time and where some are just reading it for the first time. Thank you for listening. And if you want to chime in or leave a comment, please email us at ladiesofliteracylit, and that's L-I-T, at yahoo.com. Join us next time as we dig into chapter two of The Sorcerer's Stone, The Vanishing Glass. Hope you guys enjoyed our discussion on chapter one, The Boy Who Lived. Please like and subscribe to our podcast so that you can get notifications when we drop a new episode. Stay on the lookout as Lit Happens takes on other series, books, TV shows, and dare I say it, Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. We can't wait to share. Have you followed us on Twitter and Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Our handles are listed in the description box. Closing out, special shout out to John Sachs for allowing us to use Skater's Delight in the intro and outro. His information is listed in the description box as well. Check him out. He's mad talented. Until the very end. <laughs>